You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Welcome to Queen's Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Charlotte. And we're the hosts of Demythify. Katie and Nathan asked us to warn you, their podcast uses more curses than the ancient Greeks, so hopefully your ears aren't too sensitive. If mythologies, gods and heroes are more your thing, pour a drink and join us at Demythifying. Hope to hang out with you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hello, 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 Nathan. Hello, Katie. How are you today? Good. So as I was arriving to Nathan's house, Nathan came out to meet me and let me know um, Kobe Bryant died today. Yeah, I know. I was just like in complete shock. I mean, I'm not... I mean, I'm not into sports, but you don't have to be into sports to know who fucking Kobe Bryant was. Yeah, one of the biggest legends of basketball ever. And so he was in his private helicopter. It says that he was with three others, or there were three in total? At least But there were no survivors. Yeah, at least I've read three, and I've also read five. But either way, tragedy. I know. I wonder where it crashed. I mean, probably by the time that this comes up, I would assume tomorrow or the day after, we'll probably have a lot more, know more what happens, but oh, so sad. He was only 41. Yeah, and so for young. sure, our hearts go out to his wife and his four daughters, yeah. because that's gotta be fucking tragic to lose somebody. Oh my God. Because he's still young. I mean, 41, 41 is yeah. like fucking young as shit. Yeah, especially, I mean, just, oh, that is so sad. So um, we just wanted to get that out of the way, because... Oh, hearts go out to the Bryant family. Yeah. Very sad. Tragedy. No, ju- almost as tragic as life as Isabeau. <laughs> yeah, almost. I didn't know how to segue there. <laughs> but it was pretty good. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> I make jokes when I'm uncomfortable. Um, so today we are here to wrap up the life of Isabeau of Bavaria. If you have not listened to episode one or episode two... Go do that, because you're just going to be fucking lost. <laughs> like you... like the NBC series. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you watch Lost with me? Yes. Were you a lost head with me? It was so annoying to watch Lost with people who didn't watch Lost. Because they were lost. Because they would always be like, who's that? I thought they were supposed to be on an island. What's happening? I'm lost. Ha! Get it? And I was like, get out of the room. <laughs> Leave. You are not welcome here. Do yourself a favor. Go back and listen to episode one and two. And actually, it's been about three weeks, so you might want to give 
episode two or a refresher because it gets a little convoluted. Yes, this exactly. Should, I don't know how this is not already like a soap opera or... They've got so much fucking content they could go I off know. of. So anyway, before we jump back in to Izzy's super happy life. <laughs> so, Nathan, what are we drinking? Nathan and I are still participating in Dry January, which if you listen to our most recent Patreon episode, we took a little break um, <laughs> for that hot mess. But, um, so today we're both just kind of drinking some of our some of our favorite non-alcoholic beverages. So, Nathan, I think your drink is going to give you wings. Yeah, it's a Red Bull. You better watch out. You might fly away. Because I'm going to be like... Yeah, I'm, I'm already cuckoo-brained from the caffeine rush. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen the little dance he did along with that scat. It, it was, was a little jig. fantastic. I'm drinking... Um, they're called Live Soda. It's like sodas with probi- probiotics. It's basically got, kombucha. Yeah, but it tastes like root beer. Um, and it's got no calories, no sugar, and minimal junk in it. Um, so, yeah. Cheers, Nathan. Cheers with our metal... Yes. (laughs) Metal cans. (laughs) All right. So, when we last left Isabeau of Bavaria, it's the first decade of the 1400s, and France is in the middle of a hundred years war with England, but they're kind of more focused on themselves right now. (laughs) They're like, I'm going to look at, I'm going to focus on me for a couple of decades and have my own civil war with myself. Me time. (laughs) (laughs) That's appropriate. And Isabeau is in the unfortunate position of being stuck in the middle of the fighting. And basically she's become the scapegoat for everybody in the country. When anything goes wrong with anything, it's Isabeau's fault, somehow. Bitch and complain about it. But let's put a pin in that bullshit okay. right now. Okay, uh, We'll get more to that later, but let's discuss what's going on with her family. Okay. So, when we last left off on her last episode, her eldest daughter, Isabella, had just died giving birth. And for our Patreon supporters, that was two episodes ago. Yeah. And we kind of covered a little bit of Isabella. So. Yeah. She had a daughter named Marie, who's become a nun, which was probably a good idea. Honestly, being a nun back then afforded you so much more, especially a nun from a rich family. Yeah. Afforded you so much more freedom. One, you didn't really have to answer to a man. Two, you you probably weren't going to die in childbirth. It kind of took that right off the table. <laughs> and three, like nuns got to be educated at a level that a lot of women back then didn't get to be. Yeah. Um, so, good for her. Yeah, especially at this time, it also kept her from being killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was kind of safe under Jesus's eye. Yeah. <laughs> her daughter Joan at this point was now the Duchess of Brittany. And we had mentioned that she had married two of her kids off to the Duke of Burgundy's kids. And uh, that's Michelle and Louis. Louis is the Dauphin. Um, i.e. heir apparent. Dolphin. Um, and also Dolphin. So this was a big win for the Burgundian team because, like, one of their own is going to be queen one day. Yeah. Then after Louis, there was John. And John was married off at age eight to the daughter of a duke of Bavaria and sent to Hainaut to be raised and brought up. Um, so remember how we said that Isabeau didn't really like sending her kids off to be raised at other courts. Apparently, the only exception to that was when that child was, like, getting married to form an alliance. Yeah. Because that is two of her children that were married off. 
very, very young and sent away. Yeah, like seven, eight years old. Yeah. He was raised in Hanau, and even though it's, it would have been like a day's journey. So it wasn't like he was sent, like, it's a lot closer than England. Yeah, if he wanted to take a day trip to go see his mom. Yeah, so they probably still went and saw him from time to time. But because he was raised at that court from a very young age, they formed his thoughts they formed his opinions, his political opinions, and his father-in-law actually treated him like a son, which is nice. Yeah, that doesn't and happen all the time. Especially since his real father was n- not not there on this plane of existence. <laughs> um, so his his uh, in-laws be like raised him. And they shared a very affectionate relationship, which is awesome because that wasn't always the case. Yeah. So anyway, the rest of the kids, um, Catherine at this point is only like seven or eight and has managed not to get married off. Which Old maid. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) So old. She's just wasting away. I know. She's past her prime. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Catherine's just chilling, living with her mom. And we read that when her mom was super duper busy, she'd go stay with her sister Marie in the nunnery. And it was kind of a really nice nunnery. It's not like she was, like, I feel like that vow of poverty, poverty, they were sort of like, in quotation marks, poverty. (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure she wasn't slumming it at the nunnery. No, not at all. Mm. Her youngest, Charles, is like five or six and in the same boat as Catherine at this time. Yeah. And sadly, her youngest child, Philip, died a few days after his birth. Which I think of, like, Philip died probably, like, the same week that her brother-in-law, Louis, was Mm -hmm. brutally murdered. So that must have been a hard week for their family. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. Okay. That's the kids. Um, So what's up with her husband, Charles? He's Um, still crazy. He's still crazy, but now he's crazy in love. Beyonce! (laughs) In love with who, though? Okay, so what happened is, Charles' doctors were like, look, we think him getting laid on the reg would be, like, really good for his mood swings. Yeah, and Isabel's like, well, I'm kind of done having kids, so... My pussy's closed for business, bitch. She is not down to clown with him anymore. Mm -mm. And the doctors are, like, kind of tiptoeing around it. Like, not wanting to say it out straight. Being like, well, maybe he should... Maybe a mistress. Maybe (coughs) mistress. Like, and then whenever they finally come out and say it, like, we think that we should get him a mistress. She's just like, oh, yeah, I'll help you all choose. That's a great idea. Yeah, everybody thought that she was just going to freak the fuck out and be like, no. But she was like, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Get him off my hands. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, oh, well, yeah, I don't want to sleep with him, but that doesn't mean he needs to live like a monk. Yeah, let's... And, like, it's even said that um, Isabeau probably had a hand in picking out who... Because, I mean, Charlie wasn't just wandering around court, like, chasing tail. They had to, like, bring someone to him because, you know... He might not know who he was that day. Yeah, you know? and I'm sure Isabel was like, good luck, bitch. Um, I hope oh, you yeah. like getting fucking slapped around and heartbroken because yeah. uh, he's crazy. So we won't talk about his mistress all that much. I try really hard to do that in episodes. A queen's husband has a notable mistress. Yeah. Not talk about her too much, even though I don't think Isabel would have cared. Odette is her name, and she will get her own episode one day because even though she's not as fascinating as Isabeau. She is still pretty, had a pretty interesting life. Yeah, so we're gonna skim over it a little bit. Yeah. 
isn't Odette was a lot of people believe that Odette was chosen because she looked like a young Isabeau, mm. and um, they would put Odette in Izzy's old clothing and uh-huh. make Charles think, "Oh, here's your wife back as a teenager." And he was just in love again because yeah. he was so in love with Isabel when he first met her, which is kind of sweet in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, it's like at least you're cheating on somebody that looks like me. That you think is her. <laughs> but whatever the situation, Charles was very, very kind to Odette. But if he was ever bad to her, there really isn't any we record of it. We probably wouldn't know about it because yeah. she was a nobody. Like yeah. She was like the son of a farmer. I don't think it was a farmer, but the son of somebody super low. Or the daughter, I'm sorry. But Which is probably why she was chosen, too. Yeah, because <laughs> she didn't have any political pull. Mm-hmm. But um, he loved her very, very much. Yeah, and Odette was actually very, very popular with the people because they were just in love with this new young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Who was caring for the... Like, she was soft and living with the king even though he was disabled and caring for him as opposed to his bitch wife who just moved off to another castle after pumping out 12 children or whatever. Shame on her. I know. And while Izzy's reputation takes a hit by comparison as they grow to view her more cold and not caring yeah. as, you know... It's kind of bullshit. Bitch, I'm letting my husband sleep with a fucking 17-year-old out of the mercy of my heart. Out of the goodness of the country. Like, the, what's best for the country. Can y'all stop? Yeah, no. They're not gonna. No. I don't think they're gonna until she's I'd like dead. to see... I'm sure she was like, I'd like to see fucking Odette run the country while... Charles is off thinking he's made of glass. <laughs> Whatever. I don't imagine Isabeau really caring that Did Charles much. Charles had a mistress. No, she's just like, cool. Their sexual relationship was over, so. And she's like, if it keeps him distracted and in good spirits, more power to you. Right? If it makes him happy and I don't have to hear about him being all freaking out my kids. Yeah. Cool. But enough with the family drama. Let's get back to this fucking shit show. No, we have to. Unfortunately, Katie, <sighs> we gotta because it's about to get sloppy. All right, so where are we with the Civil War? That's going to be like the main focus. So um, it's 1413. Okay. And right now, Burgundy totally has the upper hand. Um, remember, her son Louis is married to the Duke of Burgundy's daughter. Yes. And Louis is now like 16 years old, so. She is really trying to set him up to have a little bit more power. Which really, at this point, wasn't unheard of. We've talked about in other episodes in medieval times about setting oldest sons up to be junior kings. Yeah. And this would have been about the right age for her to try and to be... Because really, the country needed a junior king. Yeah, they did. Because the senior king... And he's 16, and that's pretty old, older back, for back then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, it kind of takes a little bit of the spotlight off of her, so... Yeah, so she's like, everybody look at my son. Isn't he handsome? And he what? He was handsome and well-spoken and well-read. And honestly, he was just popular with the people. Yeah. And he definitely leaned burgundy, which... It was going to piss some people off. Whatever way he leaned. Whatever way he leaned. It was going to piss some people off. But it was looking good for Isabeau, And he was totally a natural at being, of kinging-ging. He was good at, he was good at junior (laughs) kinging-ging-ging. And then people are whispering that, you know, maybe crazy old dad will abdicate for Louis once he's a, you know, a little older. I don't feel like that would have been unreasonable either. Yeah, I don't think Charles been. necessarily wanted to be king anymore. If he even knew he was king. Yeah. <laughs> so, because, Bur- like we said, some days he thought he was St. George. Yeah, just rando. Yeah. So, Burgundy is basically running Paris and trying to show Louis the ropes. Mm-hmm. 
But honestly, this all blows up in his face, and the repercussions were horrible for the the Roman family. Yeah. They were horrible for the royal family. So, there is this gang of pissed-off butchers. I'm going to call them Hell's Butchers, because I cannot pronounce what they were actually called. (laughs) They were like Hell's Angels, basically, but they just... But they were butchers. (laughs) So, Hell's Butchers were terrorizing Paris in the name of Burgundy, and the Duke of Burgundy, um, like, knew that it was happening, but kind of turning a blind eye. It was basically like, oh, we know the people that live in this household lean towards Orleanians, like, mm-hmm. way of doing things. So we're going to stalk them and terrorize them and, like, maybe kill all their cows and chickens or what the fuck ever. It wasn't groovy. But, so both the king, the queen, and the Dauphin's palaces were raided and all of Isabeau's ladies-in-waiting were arrested. All of her, like, jewels were confiscated. And this happened to the, yeah, the king and the Dauphin's house as well with, like, their staff and a lot of their stuff as well. Um, Just because of their close relation to the Orleans family. Because remember, that is Louis' first cousin, Mm -hmm. Charles's niece and nephews, stuff like that. So it was not a fun and sexy time for them. But luckily for the royal family, Paris eventually rose up and fought back against these hell's butchers. But this lasted for four months. Four months is a long time to wonder if a bunch of butchers are just going to like storm in your house and hack you to death. Yeah. And after that, Izzy jumped off the fence and threw her full force behind the Armagnac forces. And just as importantly, so did her son, Louis. Um, He started publicly talking shit and threatening his father-in-law, who in turn ran off to Flanders with his little tail tucked between his legs. (laughs) Fragile dick energy. Oh, hell yeah. So I have this awesome picture in my head of like the Dauphin and Isabeau being like, we are in this together. Like their hands clasped together in the sky, victorious, ready to run the show. <laughs> like it seemed like they had a pretty good relationship. Um, her years of grooming him have like finally paid off. You yeah. Know? She's got a partner in this. She's got somebody who's going to be on her side. And the people aren't going to accuse her of sleeping with him this time. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But then, mother and son had a falling out. Izzy ended up on the side of the Armagnacs. Again. And Louis was back siding with his father-in-law, John the Fearless. Again. Y'all, this is some grade A soap opera bullshit. It really is. And it was it was a fairly petty disagreement, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I think they would have gotten over their differences about this very quickly. Um, mm. That is some foreshadowing. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. But guess what? It doesn't fucking matter because England was done with this lull in the Hundred Years' War and they were ready to fucking take France. I mean, so there's a new English king in town, um, Henry V. If you've if you've studied Shakespeare, you've definitely heard of this guy. Yeah, because he's a total war dick. He and is. He is the war dick. Yeah. And he is starting some shit. Uh, He thinks France is rightfully his, and he's ready to make that shit happen. So, the Battle of Agincourt, the year is 1415. The battle between Burgundy and Orleans is about to become 
really unimportant, honestly. Yeah, and we could totally do a whole episode just on this battle. Actually, there are plenty of podcast episodes just on this battle. But Isabel Bavaria didn't personally fight in it, so... So we're not gonna. Yeah. You, you are more than welcome to go learn about it, because it is very interesting. And yes. And that affected it, but the actual battle parts of it is... So long story short, it was a bloodbath for France, like... A whole generation of Frenchmen were killed and taken prisoner. Yes, the young Duke of Orleans was taken prisoner for 25 years. Holy moly. Burgundy didn't send any troops because um, he thought France would be fine without his troops. Because really, like, the French troops outnumbered the English oh, troops, yeah. like, double. But two of John the Fearless's brothers fought and died in the battle. So it was essentially devastation for France. Um, and then two months later, Louis the Dauphin died just suddenly out of nowhere. As opposed to if you have watched the, have you watched the King on Netflix? Mm-mm. It's the it's the new retelling of Henry V. Timothy Chalamet plays okay. Henry V. Robert Pattinson plays. Um, his title is just. The Dauphin. <laughs> and um, his French accent is wackadoodle. You should watch it for nothing else besides his just French that. accent. It's just wackadoodle. <laughs> and he plays a total psychopath with a French accent. And I guess the Dauphin in that is supposed to be this Louis. Louis was not at the Battle of Agincourt. They were yeah. not sending the actual heir to the throne. No, hell into, no. He probably, they think he died of dysentery. Okay. Yeah. And this was a huge fucking punch in the gut to Isabeau. Because she had been grooming him. <laughs> and he had been doing so well. And the people liked him. And now she's <clears throat> got to start all over. <laughs> I mean, he was a smart kid, and people liked him. He was gearing up to be this wonderful king. And they were hopeful that he would start being king sooner rather than later on account of his father, you know. I don't know. He's going to start all over. Yeah, she does. (laughs) And also because her son died, and so that's very sad. (laughs) So on top of grieving for the passing of a child, she's now got to, like, go to the next son and explain to him his responsibilities and everything he needs to do. So Isabeau sends for the new Dauphin, John. But his father-in-law won't send him to Paris. He's the one that was married off and living in Bavaria. Yeah. Um, I tried to figure out how Isabeau was probably related to this Duke of Bavaria. And just their family trees are just so fucking confusing. We have to assume it's a cousin of hers. <laughs> yeah, right. And his, his father-in-law is like, the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You're at war with yourself. You're at war with England. I'm not sending fucking John that's just going to be used as this ploy or a figurehead. And might get kidnapped by England or killed. It's a no for me, dog. (laughs) But in the end, didn't matter all that much. Because John died in 1417 at the age of 18. So that's two sons that both die at the age of 18. Yeah. Like really close, within two years of each other. Horrible. Yeah. Some people say that he was poisoned, but... mm. I don't... I think he probably just also died of medieval causes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a technical. Yeah. Because, like, like a paper cut. But because like <laughs> there was nobody. One, he was all the way off in Bavaria or wherever. And two, there was no reason. No one really had anything to gain mm-hmm. from killing him. Like, yeah, maybe the 
English had a reason to kill him because he was the Dauphin, but there was just going to be another Dauphin. Like, yeah, it's just somebody the, else is going to take that Yeah, place. so I think he just died of medieval causes. <laughs> so while Izzy wasn't as close to John, I'm sure it was still fucking rough. It was still a son that died. Yeah, yeah, and also, what the fuck? She must have been like, how have I given birth to six goddamn sons and only one is still alive? <laughs> like, mm. she was having babies on babies on babies and... All the sons are dead, except one. Except her youngest son, Charles. So, young Charles is 14, but he thinks he is entitled to way more power than his brothers had as Dolphin. Yeah, a little power hungry. He has got that youngest child chip on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. No offense, Nathan. (laughs) None taken. But he's an Armagnac to his core. Yeah, like Orleans, ride or die. Absolutely. And... I don't know exactly what happened, but I get this sneaking suspicion that Charles went to the Armagnac faction and was like, look, my mom goes back and forth too much. We can't trust her. She's a shifty bitch. Lock her up. Lock, Lock her, her up. up. So they did. Yeah. <laughs> With the and support. They're, yeah, they're all like, cool, let's listen to the 14-year-old. Cool, yeah. Cool. A fucking brat. Yeah. Um, the Armagnacs took her clothes. And her jewels, if they aren't haven't already been taken, goddammit. Yeah. Um, imprisoned her ladies in waiting and took her whole staff into custody and stayed locked up for three months. All with the support of her fourteen year old little bratty ass son. Yeah, right? Y'all, the English are terrorizing the fuck out of France while all of this shit is happening. They've already taken Normandy, you know, the big rich part of France, and they aren't showing any signs of letting up. And John the Fearless sees this, and he's like, okay, we need to stop squabbling amongst ourselves because this is getting out of hand. I need Isabeau on my side, so I'm going to offer an olive branch. Yeah, so the Duke of Burgundy bails Izzy out somehow. I don't really, I don't know how he did. Money. Yeah, probably. Bribes. Uh, I have money. (laughs) <laughs> that, Do you like that money? Is, I have money. That is the that is the language of all people. Yes. Um, the reports of his of uh, Charles at the time was non-existent. Like we yeah. have no idea what the king was doing because, like, at the beginning of like when he started having his like bouts of madness, it was reported on because it was like. And then he was lucid for six months, and then da da da, and then he was lucid for ten months, and then da da. But now the lucidity is like it's like every other day. You don't know how he's going to wake up, so they quit reporting on what he was doing because it would have just been like it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> he woke up fine, and then two hours later, he was fucking crazy. So John the Fearless and Izzy call a truce. They have recognized that they need each other. Mm-hmm. And it's time to put all those years and years of bullshit behind them. And honestly, I I find this very refreshing and mature. Yeah, and remember, the Dauphin is still a minor, so Izzy is still technically the regent. Yeah, and I think John the Fearless must have really, like, kissed her ass. Oh, yeah. Because they had been sworn enemies, and now they're basically going into Paris, like... Holding hands, being besties. Because <laughs> they they are just like, they got their friendship bracelets. <laughs> they have inside jokes. Yeah. Um, and Izzy signs over the regency to John the Fearless. Yeah, so he's now in charge. And I don't think that's a, a sign that she's weak. No. I think that that's a sign that she is showing people, like, we if we can make amends... 
Yeah. Y'all can make amends. We've got bigger fish to fry. AKA and the English. And it's English fish. <laughs> coming over here with their tea and crumpets. And man, it takes fucking balls to admit that you're weak too and need somebody else's help. Yeah. And I think this was a really good move on her part. I, like I said, I think I'm very impressed with both of them. Um, but bratty baby Charles acted like a bratty baby. And he basically just went and talked to his mom. She invited him to come sit on the council meetings, and he wouldn't. She had this idea that I think would have been such a morale booster for the Mm -hmm. people of Paris. She was like, how about me and you make this grand entrance into the city again? I think she was like kind of even harking back to her um, coronation. Uh, Let's recreate something just over the top like that. Give the people something to be excited about. Look at this new shiny thing. And he wouldn't do it. And she was just like, what the... She was like, how... She was like, spite my womb. (laughs) (laughs) This little fucking brat. Yeah, he was just refusing to speak to her in any form or fashion. Like, what the fuck, dude? That's your mom. Shut up. Yeah. And then one day... And I don't know why no one thought this was suspicious. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah. But one day, um, baby Charles just wake up, wakes up and he's like, look, I'm being a dick. I'm sorry, everybody. I was being immature. I want to meet with John the Fearless and negotiate a truce. And everyone's like, yes. We need to focus on fighting England, not each other, you dumbass. So let's, yeah, yeah, all in, all in. So Isabeau is like, oh my God, I'm so relieved. Like, maybe I'll have a relationship with my son and, and maybe we can have some sort of peace again. So the proposed meeting of this so-called truce was... On a bridge? Question mark? Question mark? I guess because the Middle Ages are real weird. And they thought, let's party on this bridge. So everybody can see, I guess? Like, it's a public thing? Yeah, maybe that was it. Like, I don't know. Whatever. So John and... Like a medieval photo op. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So John and a couple of his dudes ride out to this bridge, which is about a day's ride from Paris. And they meet with Chucky Jr. and his dudes. And John the Fearless kneels to bow to Charlie, but when he gets up, his hand touches his sword. Which I imagine was accidental. Or, like, you know when you're getting up and you kind of steady yourself on something? Yeah. Like, he's got this heavy thing on his waist. It's probably just, like... Weighing, you, weighing him down. Yeah. <laughs> like how you kind of prop yourself up on something. Yeah, but Charles' bodyguard doesn't take that chance. Mm-mm. And he charges straight at John the Fearless and puts an axe right through his fucking face. He did not survive. <laughs> Surprise! Um... Yeah, so John the Duke of Burgundy is hacked the fuck to pieces. Mm -hmm. Some accounts even say that they cut off his hand. Now, if you remember from when Louis, the Duke of Orleans, was murdered, Mm -hmm. the first thing they did was cut off his hands. Oh, yeah. So that's why a lot of people were like, well, no, this was clearly revenge. Yeah, this this thing was totally... Oh, no, I don't don't buy the, oh, the bodyguard thought he was a threat to me thing for a hot second. No, this This was 100% some petty bullshit. Yeah, he wanted to get him out of the way because, ugh... Uh, and a historian would say later on that England entered France through a hole in John's head. Because this shit is about to get messy. Er? Yeah. 
Yeah. If you can believe it, it's about to get messier. Yeah. So now we have the third Duke of Burgundy in this story. <laughs> His name is Philip. He's married to Isabeau's daughter, Michelle. Yeah. And he is just like... Y'all, I'm done with this shit. Y'all, I don't want to be part of this petty Armagnac versus Burgundy bullshit anymore. He pulls his troops out of the French army. He goes up to Henry V and is like, hey, you want to make an alliance? You want my troops? And Henry V of England is like, yes, please. (laughs) I absolutely want all of that. So let's go fuck up the French army and all those fucking Armagnacs. And what a dumbass thing for the Armagnacs to do, because of course he was going to do this. Mm -hmm. And now they've given the English so much more leverage. Mm -hmm. Because they're, I mean, they're Burgundy. Like, yeah, they pay fealty to France, or the French king, but they don't consider themselves French. No. You know? So he's like, I do not have a horse in the France race. Mm -hmm. I am... (laughs) I'm English now, I guess. Cool. Fine with me. And, and oh, it was just so fucking dumb. Yeah. This, and also, I was just starting to like John the Fearless, too. Yeah, <laughs> now now he be dead. He be dead. Um, this is bad news, Bears. And oh, yeah. Isabeau and Charles, the king who we think maybe has his wits about him right now, but we're really not sure. Um, they're like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Look. Don't, don't send your troops over to England. No, look. What? Well, we're cool. We didn't order that. Like, we want to make... We still want you. And so they disown their son. Yeah. Bitch, they're, you're disowned. You're an asswipe. Yeah, they're like, all right, you, Charles, you are no longer the heir to the throne. Uh, bye-bye. Um, and Charles wrote that Charlie Jr. had, quote-unquote, rendered himself unworthy to succeed to the throne or any other title. Burn. Ooh, so Charles <laughs> is out of su- succession. Um, but the problem is, they straight out of sons. <laughs> <laughs> they're done with the sons. They're, their sons are done. <laughs> <laughs> the next in line would actually be the Duke of Orleans, but he's locked up in England. <laughs> yeah, he's famously locked up in England for 25 years. And appointing someone that was on, like, as Dauphine on the Armagnac side isn't going to help their case much anyway. No. And so, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm just imagining both Charles and Isabeau just sitting in a palace going, fuck, (laughs) for like 24 hours straight. Also, fun fact that will make you pretty fucking angry. The popular rumor was that the Dauphin wasn't the king's son anyway. So Charles was just looking for a reason to disinherit him anyway. Because the people were looking to shit on Izzy any way that they possibly fucking could. Mm -hmm. So Henry sends a messenger to Izzy like, look, y'all are fucked. Everybody knows y'all fucked. So let's have a little clash of our minds, a little meeting. Uh, Yeah. And Izzy and Charlie know they don't have a lot of other options at this point. No, yeah, they, straight out of sons. Yeah, they could continue sending their troops to be slaughtered and live with this inheritance crisis or they could make a deal with England. And keep in mind, England was controlling a lot of France already. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so they head to the town of they head to the town of Troyes. Um, the agreement of the Treaty of Troyes is written up, and these are the terms. England wins. <laughs> England is the champions, my friends. Um, France can, for the most part, continue to govern itself as it's been doing, but they pay fealty and taxes to England, 
and France is an English state. Um, Henry will marry Izzy's daughter, Catherine, and their son will become the king of both England and France. So Charles gets to keep being king in the meantime, but he cray. So Henry's going to send some guys over to, you know, help him out a little bit. Flashback and to our um, Jaquetta of Luxembourg oh yeah, episode. It, is. it was Her husband was the guy that was sent over to France. Oh, to, that's right. Yeah. And then both of them have to live in English-controlled France regions forever. Forever and ever. Forever, ever? Charles was too sick to attend the signing. <coughs> Coward. Well, I don't know. He may have not. We don't. He may be crazy. He may have just been the stress of it. May have just like sent him into a depression, anxiety tailspin. But he can't attend, so Izzy attends the signing of the treaty on his behalf. And oh boy, howdy! If you think these previous hits to her reputation were anything, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Well, because like. She she was signing his name. She yeah. was signing on his behalf. But she was physically there. The optics of it are not good. Yeah, she goes down in history for centuries as being the woman that signed away France, basically. Yeah, and no, Charles was, but he just wasn't there. Yeah. Because he was sick, or he was in quotation marks sick, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really unfair. I don't know what people thought her other choice was. Continue sending people in to fight and die. Or and so just, then she could be the queen of corpses. Like, yeah, right? Ugh. The king's supporters said that he really wasn't sound of mind and didn't understand what she was doing when she signed away France. But she wasn't his only advisor. No. There were, there, there were other advisors telling them to do it. Yeah, know? and they were probably there with her during the fucking oh, signing. Definitely. Like, and so these people ended up saying that when she signed this, it was completely invalid since the king didn't know what was happening. But for now, they kind of were like... This really didn't happen. It's invalid. Yeah, they were whispering it because they kind of didn't want to get executed. That's uh, something you might want to not have happen to you. So the English occupy Paris and they move into the Louvre, um, which is where Charles usually lived. Um, So he moved back in with Isabeau at um, the palace that she'd been living on for like living in for the last 18 years. And we think Odette the mistress moved in with him too? She must have. Yeah. At this point, Odette and Charles had been together for 15 years. Yeah, So they're basically sister wives. Yeah. You know, so. (laughs) Two years later, Henry V died just kind of all of a sudden. It was very, it was very big surprise for everybody Mm -hmm. because he was like this medieval vision of like, just the manly king who is healthy and hunts and kills Mm -hmm. and then he just like got sick and died one day yeah and he and izzy's daughter Catherine had one son and guess what his name was Uh, henry because they're not very creative henry was nine months old and declared king of england and any of you War of the Roses nerds know what happened with that. Didn't go so hot. Um, and then, you literally cannot make this shit up. Charles died two months later. In Odette's arms, too. Yeah. <laughs> and Charles the Beloved became Charles the Mad, and now he was Charles the Dead. The Dead. <laughs> 
And the country was split. Um, the north of France pretty much accepted England as their rulers. But, you know, Southerners, they were like, <laughs> absolutely not. Charles VII is our ruler. And Izzy, well, she just kind of disappeared into obscurity after Charles's death. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, and do, 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 I'm going to exit stage, right? <laughs> yeah. She was like, and scene. <laughs> I'm not queen anymore. This is not my problem anymore. <laughs> she stayed out of sight, but she was never really out of mind. Oh, no. She wasn't for years and years out yeah, of mind. Yeah, people couldn't keep her goddamn name out of their goddamn mouth. There were constantly rumors about, like, the dozens of lovers she was having and that she was running a brothel and that she was like... I just imagine chance of is a bow, is a hoe, is a uh, bow, probably. is a hoe. <laughs> there were rumors that she um, started a farm and just started like living as like a country wife, like married a farmer and started... And I do not see her picking corn or whatever. No, but honestly, I'd be like, I would think I would do something similar and be like, all right, yeah. I'm out. This is... But she purposely did not play a part in any politics after her husband died. She was like, I am no longer beholden to any of you assholes. Yeah, but do you think that really stopped people from talking shit on her? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so the English pushed the rumor that... Because remember, she's still alive. She's just trying to make everybody forget that. Mm -hmm. um, the English pushed the rumor that Charles VII was her and the Duke of Orleans kid. Um, and then after Joan of Arc hit the scene, who will get her own episode one day. Yeah, of course. The English were pushing rumors that Joan of Arc was actually the illegitimate child of Isabeau and Louis of Orleans also. Fucking lies. It's so goddamn ridiculous. Joan of Arc was born like three or four years after Louis of or Orleans died. Yeah, there's so. no... It, it's physically impossible to have a baby with that dip guy. And also, <laughs> why would they have... It just... Oh, God. People are so Drama! Um... But yeah, so she never really spoke publicly or tried. She never tried to defend herself. No. She was just like, I think it was hate pointless. Hate, 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 hate. Yeah, hate, for hate, her hate, at hate. that point, it's just pointless, really. Yeah. I mean, she just stayed in the English controlled Paris and never tried to run her, her son's court. And like for nearly 30 years, people have been using her as the scapegoat. And for nearly 30 years, people had been dragging her name through the mud for any little reason that they could find. And they continued to do the same shit. But she was done playing the game. Yeah, she was over it. She gave her life to try to find peace for her family. And it got her fucking nowhere. And nothing but spite from the country. So she lived quietly for the next 13 years, completely removed from public life. We're not sure where, but... I've read that in the palace she was already living in. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah, it does. She would have just stayed put. Um, she was attended by just a couple of ladies in waiting. She lived um, fairly modestly compared to her big over-the-top fashion mm -hmm. and grand parties and everything. She did live to see her son have a victory over England and actually be crowned. Thanks, Joan of Arc. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is a story for another time. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other two-parter. <laughs> I do not believe that she attended her son's crowning. Yeah, because I think that would have been a political thing that she was trying to stay away from, and she's 100% donezos with that shit. I, th I also think it would have just caused more drama. Then, yeah, so. than good. So she died in 1435, just a few months Months after her son signed a treaty with Burgundy to like reunite France again, um, she was given a state funeral. That's, so that's nice. Yeah, I mean, her son could have been super petty mm -hmm. and been like, 
no, I have no mother. Remember, she disowned me, but mm-hmm. he didn't. Um, she was given a nice, state, respectable state funeral. Um, for the next 500 years, she suffered this reputation as a slutty McSlut face, hated France, neglected her children, spent money recklessly, abandoned her husband, only cared about fancy clothes. You know, all the stereotypical things people say about women they don't yep. like. Yep. yep. But in the 20th century, interest in her grew again. And historians started revisiting her reputation and it had quite the bounce back. Yeah. Um, it's now recognized that she was the victim of France needing just another scapegoat. And guess what? <laughs> Women are easy scapegoats. And honestly, she was just queen of the wrong time, queen of the wrong place. She tried her hardest to do right by her children and her country and her husband. So we're very happy that her reputation has recently got uh, come back. Yeah, she's the comeback kid. She is. So cheers to Isabeau of Bavaria. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys. They... Bloop, bloop, bloop. Bloop. Okay. One, two, three, four. Get your woman on the floor. Gonna, gonna get up. Get down. Okay. Test, test. Test my testicles. Test your testicles. <laughs>